there was a man named Jesus, walked the earth 2,000 years ago. He taught like nobody had ever taught. He lived like nobody before him or after him ever lived. He loved like no one has ever loved. He had a heart for people who were on the margins, for the sick, for the sinners, for the forgotten poor, for the despised rich, for the disliked soldiers, for the excluded. On Friday, his great courage got him arrested. His great love led him to the cross. His great heart stopped beating. On Friday, that which looked like a horribly tragic ending to such a wonderful life turned out to be the greatest sacrifice of love in the history of our world. On Saturday, there was a great silence, for the king was sleeping. Jesus entered into death for you and for I. Sunday, a stone got rolled away. On Sunday, death lost its sting. The grave lost its victory. On Sunday, hell was defeated. Death was dethroned. Darkness was derailed. The devil was demotivated. On Sunday, the tomb was emptied and hope got fulfilled. On Sunday, faith was vindicated. The prophets were validated. The soldiers, they were aggravated. The disciples were animated. On Sunday, sin lost. Shame died. Hope soared. Love won. On Sunday, we got something beyond ourselves to live for, something beyond our life to die for, something beyond our death to hope in after we die. This is, therefore, the central proclamation of the greatest victory over the darkest enemy by the noblest hero for the loftiest cause in all of human history. If anything in this world is worthy of celebration, it is. He is risen. He is risen indeed. That means everything is different. Life, pain, hardship, death. Everything is changed because of Resurrection Sunday. Let's look at what the Bible says happened on Sunday. Here's the story from the Gospel of Matthew. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus. Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the, the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Jesus seems just a little understated here. These women are devastated. They loved him. They come to the tomb. The stone is gone. There's an angel. All of a sudden, this rabbi who they love, who died, who they saw buried, has risen from the dead. You'd wonder, what's the first thing you're going to say when you have been resurrected? All he says is, greetings. 
The word that is used is literally in Australian, g'day, how you going? Nice day, isn't it? What's happening? In other words, what did you expect? Didn't I tell you? It's like Jesus is, is saying, Duh, if God can create life, which he did, why could he not recreate life? If God could make you, why could he not remake you? What Jesus actually goes on to say is not an explanation of how or why. He simply gives them an assignment. Now you have something to do, women. Go and tell. I think it would be fair to say that many people think of Easter as this comforting little story that says, life is eternal, it's nice to go to church, everything's going to work out okay. In fact, some people, sceptical people, would say, Christianity and the story of Easter is just a crutch for people who can't handle the cold reality of death. Easter is a kind of fairy tale day when all tension got relieved and all danger got removed and everybody lived happily ever after. Actually, that's exactly what it's not. One of the most striking things about Easter Sunday is that people become afraid. In fact, people get more afraid after they hear about the resurrection than they were before. What you never hear in the gospel accounts of the resurrection is Jesus saying, now you don't have to worry about dying. In Matthew, we're told these women are afraid yet filled with joy. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Actually, in the oldest manuscripts of the Gospel of Mark, that's the end of the story right there. How weird is that? The New Testament finishes with the word afraid. In the Gospel of John, we're told even after the resurrection and the appearance of Jesus, the disciples are meeting together behind locked doors because they are afraid. What's going on? Let's try to understand Sunday the way they did. Jesus has been crucified by the powers of the day in Jerusalem because he was a would-be Messiah and Rome wants to stop his movement. His disciples are all terrified because they know they're going to be next. Then suddenly, Jesus appears to his followers. He doesn't say, now all your troubles are over. He doesn't say, let's all go to heaven and have a big party. He doesn't say, feel relieved. He doesn't say, thank God the hard part is over. What he says is, the cross didn't stop me. Their plan to stop my movement didn't work. It's going to go on. Matter of fact, my plan to love even your enemies, to be willing to sacrifice, suffer and even die for the sake of love has been vindicated by my father. Rome and the religious leaders are going to be really ticked off now. In fact, Pilate and the chief priests have already plotted to squelch this news. They're furious. They're desperate. I'm going back to my father, Jesus says. I'm going to send my spirit. So now you, you women, you disciples, you go. Tell them all, Caesar failed. Pilate Failed. The chief priests failed. I'm going to my father. Now they have you to contend with. 
Jerusalem is still a powder keg. It was only 36 hours ago. Angry mobs are crying out, crucify him, crucify him. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be sent to that city to tell everybody that the crucifixion failed, that Jesus is still on the loose and running around and you are on Jesus' side. That's a dangerous assignment. The disciples know that. That's why they're scared. On Sunday, the followers of Jesus' lives didn't get safer. Their lives just got a whole lot more dangerous. On Sunday, they find out there is something in the world more powerful than danger. They're afraid, but filled with joy. The gospel is more powerful than danger. It's still like that today. To become a genuine Christian, to follow Jesus, it's not without its fears. Many times, people will misunderstand you as a follower of Jesus. You will be judged. You will be ridiculed, taken advantage of. There are types of a behavior that God will ask you to give up for your own good as a follower of Jesus. There's still plenty to be afraid of. That's without being sent somewhere where there is literal physical persecution. The the thought of sharing your faith with others will typically produce fear, but right next to it is the joy of knowing God, of stepping out in His plan for your life. I wonder if for you, you've been putting off following Jesus, maybe putting it off because of the fear associated with it. Can I encourage you that followers of Jesus have always been afraid but they've also always been courageous. At the end of John's Gospel account, chapter 20, Jesus says, Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Courage comes from who we have become through the Sunday of the Gospel. I don't know if you remember, but the last time Jesus saw his disciples, they had deserted him at his arrest. Up until now, in the Gospel of John, Jesus calls them his disciples or his friends or his servants. Now, for the first time, he calls them my brothers. The last time they were with him, they deserted him. Can you you imagine how that felt for them, how they felt about themselves? I think the self-talk sounds something like failure, loser, coward. Jesus says, brother. Something has happened with the cross and the resurrection. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they have a new identity. It's not based on their performance. Their performance was really bad. It's a gift of grace, this identity. Up until now, Jesus has called God his Father. Now he deliberately says, I'm returning to my Father and your Father. I'm returning to my God and your God. Jesus is saying, it's now possible after Friday and Saturday and Sunday, for you to know God the way Jesus knows God. That knowing God doesn't make their lives safe. It it doesn't make our lives safe. Jesus said, if anybody wants to be part of my movement, let them take up their cross and die to themselves and follow me. In other words, you have to go through Friday to get to Sunday. The only way to Sunday is through Friday. On this first Sunday, the disciples are realizing that the Friday, Saturday, Sunday story is not just Jesus' story. It's their story. 
It's God's story for the world. It could be your story. So they would begin to use this kind of Friday, Saturday, Sunday language. They would say things like, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I have a new story now. There is this part of me that's selfish, that's sinful, that's messed up. It messes up my life and makes me feel guilty and separates me from a holy God. The Bible calls this the old nature, the old self or the old person. That's what had to die. You see, on Friday, the the idea was not so much he died so I don't have to. It was he died so I could die with him. He is crucified so I can be crucified with him. That part of me that is sinful and dark, those habits I, I get ashamed of, I can't control them, I can't stop them, but I can surrender them to God. I can put them on the cross and he will help me get free. The Bible says things like, For we know our old self was crucified with him so that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anybody who has died has been freed from sin. I'm not what I once was. I'm becoming somebody new. God already sees me this way, in fact. Jesus calls me his brother, his sister. They would say things like, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Sunday is about new creation. It's about new birth. Doesn't mean you won't be afraid. Doesn't mean you won't fail at times. What Sunday does mean is that by faith in Christ, his performance is now my performance. And I'm a new creation with a new and clean slate. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He is still forgiving sin. He is still giving people a new identity, a new reason to live, a new hope beyond death because he's still alive. Is he doing that for you? Has he, has he done that for you? Have you responded in a personal way? Have you decided that you will commit your life to this man? Have you said, I will die to that old self on the cross with him and I will ask him to make me come alive? Have you actually responded? Louis Zamperini was an Olympic runner in the 1930s, phenomenal athlete, amazing life in front of him, ended up serving in World War II, gets shot down over the Pacific, ends up on a raft, nothing to keep him alive for 47 days, but he does stay alive. Nobody had ever drifted on an ocean that long before. He ends up getting rescued by a ship, and then it turns out that the ship is an enemy ship, so he goes from that raft to a POW camp suffers unspeakable torment, the brutality, the hatred, the starvation. It literally is unspeakable. He comes home and his life falls apart. Only now it's from the inside. All this fear, all this bitterness, all this hatred because of the people who had tortured him, all of this overwhelming sorrow at seeing his mates die. He starts drinking and he can't stop drinking. His wife's in desperation because their marriage is on the rocks. She takes him to a meeting. This is way back in the late 40s where there's a young preacher named Billy Graham. Billy tells a story about a saviour who dies on a cross for our sins and is raised again to make us new on Sunday. Then Billy asks, now if anybody is ready to, I, I want you to give your life to this Jesus now. Something inside Louis is so angry and so hurt and so afraid and so hardened, he just gets furious. 
I'm not going to do that, he says. And so they leave, but his wife is desperate. Their marriage is coming to an end, so Louis agrees to go back a second time. He says, I'll go back, but when he, he, he comes to that part of this invitation, I'm not staying for that. So Billy tells again what a Jesus who dies on Friday and is raised on a Sunday is like, and then says, now if you've never done it, would you confess your sins to him? Would you give your life to him? Again, Louis is furious. He's ready to walk out. So he does. He gets up to walk out, but he can't. He can't walk out. He remembers how when he was on that raft, he said to God, God, if you'll just save me, if you'll just save me, I'll give you my life. Louis realized in that moment that God did save him, yet right now he was trashing his own life. I wonder if you can relate. You ever made a bargain with God in the bad times? You know, he's still there. He sent his son to die for you. He wants to forgive you, to heal you, to release you, to recreate you. Louis finds that he just can't walk out of the, the meeting, so he gives in and surrenders his life to Jesus. Louis Zamperini died only last year in his late 90s. You can read his life story in the book Unbroken or watch... Angelina Jolie's really great movie entitled the same name, Unbroken. Well, what's holding you back from receiving what Jesus achieved on Sunday? He rose from the dead so that you and I could live forever by believing in him and receiving his grace. How about that? You may have been a long way away from God for a long, long time. Maybe you've done things that you're not proud of. You've wrecked a bunch of relationships You've made some terrible choices. In Jesus, you have a heavenly Father who says right now, just come home, just come home. I love you. I love you more than you could ever know. If you've never prayed this prayer, why don't you pray it right now? God, I want to confess my sin to you. I I want to make Friday good Friday for me. Resurrection Sunday, Resurrection Sunday for me. I want to receive forgiveness, not from trying to be a really good person or my own efforts anymore but just as a gift of your grace through what Jesus did through his great love for me then God I want to make this Jesus my friend and my God and my leader I want to have a new reason to live I want to have a new identity and a hope to live for if you pray that prayer sincerely to God You commit your life to Christ. He will, I promise you, make you a new person, a new woman, a new man. And if you have, tell somebody that you've done it. Find a local church where you can learn how to live the life that Jesus said that we could live. May you be empowered by God's grace to live a God-honoring life in the power of the hope bringer, the sin defeater, the death destroyer, the spirit sender, the one and only resurrected Jesus Christ, our Saviour and Lord.